0: Welcome to another episode of the YXC Sports Podcast for June the 7th. It is Monday. Of course, we're live at Winter Clark's Classic Grill and Bar as we are every single Monday night. Big thanks to everybody watching on Facebook on the Winter Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page, the YXC Sports Podcast Facebook page, no YXC. Uh We're on the no YXE YouTube channel as well. And a big thanks to everybody uh, listening to the audio version of this. First and foremost, Ray Morrison, I got to say that this week's episode is going to be... Uh, organized chaos why because I took possession of a house on friday and from friday well saturday morning till about now <laughs> that's what i've been doing <laughs> well, so i really have no idea what's going on in the sporting well, world so hopefully you yeah, can carry the chauffeur change you're finding adulting is hard yeah you're finding is, that to be a pretty pretty tough thing the, gra- the great thing about it, it is it is june and we are now dressing quite casually yeah. See, yeah that's it so we got we're rocking the shorts that's all we'll expose you to but yeah yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I got paint in my hair. I got yeah. paint on my arms. It's been terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so like I said, I was quite busy uh, over the course of the weekend. But one of the things I did happen to see was the Edmonton Elks. That's right. The uh, Edmonton football team, as they were called for a little while after the name change from the Eskimos, they've decided on the Edmonton Elks. They have come out with some new logos that we have uh, for you to see, in case you haven't seen them yet, for everybody watching the live stream. But, uh, Ray, just your usual uh, Monday. Yeah. Just your uh, thoughts on the uh, Edmonton Elks on the the name and the logo. Well, I don't mind. I don't mind the logo, and it goes with the it goes with the name. So I don't necessarily mind that. As we take a look at it, there, I was hoping like before. Uh, so I don't mind the logo. That's a good. That's a good logo. Uh, the elk can be a very intimidating animal, a very powerful animal. So I see that. The one name I was kind of hoping for was. The Empire. And the reason I say that is because I really thought that if you went with the name Empire uh, with regards to the success of the Edmonton Eskimos over their time in the Canadian Football League, um, their winning record has been incredible. Right. Uh, So I'm all for the name change. There are people my age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe older, that are still going to in air refer to the old name. As I think I just did. Same thing with Washington's football team. That's yeah. going to happen from time to time. But I have no problem with uh, with the name change, uh, and I don't mind that logo. To be totally yeah. honest with you, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a problem with it at all. But I would have loved to have seen the team go with with Empire right. in in the in the context of. What a powerful and stable franchise that has been in the CFL. The uh, logo is definitely going to take some getting used to for me. Uh, not really what I envisioned personally, but yeah. I don't really know what I did envision. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. that at all, right? But I don't know. It just, uh, not, I the second logo you have there, Ian, our producer. Um, I don't know if I understand that. I think that's supposed to be a football. I think those are supposed to be elk horns and it's supposed to be in the shape of a football. It's supposed to be an elkhorn. I don't know. Maybe I'm just guessing. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't guess know. Guess is then. as good as mine. There, I don't know. I'm not sure what. But, but I mean, I, I get the football. I don't get the other part of it. I guess it's the antlers. Yeah, it's the antlers backwards. Yeah. Now that I now, let's just take, see that one more time, Ian. As I explain that again. Now that I look at that, for uh, you can tell you can tell how well we prepared for the show. Yeah, those do look like like elk horns now that I look at it. So yeah. that's that's what you got there—the shape of the football. So for third jersey day and that sort of thing, I can see that being. Now that I look at it closer, something, and I'm glad they maintained the colors too. Right. The green and and gold, that that was kind of the the neat thing in my mind. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much of the triple E is left kicking around after this. Because I thought the reason they were going with all these E names, like the Eclipse and the Everest and the, you know, they entertained this was so they wouldn't have to change logos. (laughs) Right. But. Uh, you know, a lot of branding is being done around uh, the new logo, but again, I don't, I don't have a problem to, uh, at all. Well, and that's the thing. I think uh, producer Ian and I were looking before the show. Uh, I think they are keeping that EE yeah logo yeah uh, as something, and you know that uh, that's, pull that out uh, every now and then. You've yeah. got uh, you've got a on a retro night or something for a third jersey, yep. or something like that, or a retro night. You're exactly right. So yeah, good. Don says every game will be like a convention. <laughs> So yeah. Elks convention an Elks convention. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, that'll, that'll be good. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they have success with it, except when they play the green guys, our green guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which hopefully the CFL season is projected to start on August 5th. Yeah. So that's, right? yep. that's what they're saying now. Right. That's what they're saying now. So uh, sneaking a little bit of a season, which will help uh, depending on what province you're in. There might be some fans that will be able to attend those games, yep. which is obviously good for, uh, you know, revenues and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, you got to try to keep everybody safe, but you got to try to gain some revenues if you're the Canadian Football yeah, League. Much has been made yeah. about uh, the dire situation that the league is in, especially if they don't play this year. But that's kind of what's new on the CFL front. So it's kind of odd to talk about positivity when you talk about the CFL because it's been so negative for yeah. so long. but then it's we been have tough. To... It's been a tough go. Right? So this the Edmonton unveiling their name—it's—it's it's good. It's been—it's been really good to see that. Well, and also, they came up with a, a new name for the uh, Washington football team in the NFL. Oh, right. So Washington got rid of their team name before Edmonton, and then Edmonton was able to come up with a name before, in a shorter amount of time. Before the Washington football team. For the Washington football team. But that's, that owner in Washington is just terrible, in my opinion. Um, your Montreal Canadiens are coming out of nowhere. Six straight wins, they had terrible. 3 nothing. stranglehold on the series against the Winnipeg Jets. Put your hand up or write a comment if you saw that coming. And if you did, then I'm going to say that you're probably a liar. But uh, again, I haven't had the opportunity to watch many much of this series. But uh, a 3 nothing series lead for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Uh, me and Doyle were talking about it before the show. I mean, in the playoffs, it's so much... If you get hot at the right time, yep. then you can become unbeatable. Yep. And that's clearly what we're seeing with the Montreal Canadiens having reeled off six wins in a row. Well, I, I honestly think that they have been negatively affected by this Mark Shifley hit. And I think that's still carrying over, to be totally honest with you. So, you know, that hit on Evans, that was a that was a dirty shot in game one. And, and I like Mark Shifley. I like the way he plays. Uh, he's a big body guy, what he needs to be. He can lower the boom. He's a talented guy. And I always like the way he carries himself in interviews. So I'm a real Shifley fan. But that act in game one, is, I, I think it has really sent the uh, Winnipeg Jets into an absolute tailspin. I think it's been a little bit of a problem for them to bounce back from because deep down they know they're playing a Montreal team now that is really motivated. You don't – and this is an age-old thing in hockey. You don't want to give teams – an opportunity to put up billboard material or give them something to, to feed on, right? Well, what happens in game one? Not only does Montreal win that game, but Shafley gets so upset that he just, he, he gives Evans a shot that leads to Evans being hurt and out of the series to date now. Shafley's one of their best players. He's a talented guy. And so now you're looking at it from, from Winnipeg's perspective as to, you know, we broke the code, so now we've got to be careful what we do. And as a result, I think they've been a bit, little bit timid around the puck. Montreal is a small team. Don't forget that in games one and two, their goal scorers were Suzuki and Cockney Miami, right? Those were your goal scorers, right? I, I think I mentioned it. One guy's 175 pounds. The other's five foot nine. Yeah. And that's, you know, those are your goal scorers in two back-to-back game-winning goal situations. Now the bigger players are starting to, to step up a little bit on the back end. And that's what's interesting to me is a guy like Corey Perry. He's having a great playoff. And Corey Perry's 32 years old, I believe. Oh, he's, and, I think he's older than that. Oh, he yeah. might be. Yeah, because yeah. he, he was around when Anaheim won in 07. Won in 07. Yeah. So he would be older than that. Yeah. But, I mean, they're parking him in front of the net. And Winnipeg is having a tough time clearing him out. The other uh, player that's done a good job in front of the net, even though he's not all that big, is Gallagher. He's done a good job. And as a result, you got Weber on the back end. You've got Edmondson. You got some players on the back end for Edmonton or for Montreal, pardon me, that are doing a great job in letting Carey Price see the puck. Um, Winnipeg's not doing that. You, you, you can't have a guy of Corey Perry's experience set up camp like he has set up camp in front of that net in front of Connor Hellebuck and let that happen. It's just, it's, it's beyond, it's beyond description. So, I really think the game one incident has just thrown Winnipeg off their game so badly that it's tough. Because if you take a look at Paul Maurice, he's one of the smartest and best coaches in the NHL. But for whatever reason, this, this Winnipeg team, they're losing a lot of puck battles now to a Montreal team that, quite honestly, isn't all that big up front. They've got some imposing players in the back end, like we talked about with Weber. But up front, I mean, they're not that big. But they're winning their share of battles in winnipeg zone and that's it's it's been so unusual to see what we've seen and of course game Four is just kind of getting going here now yeah. no score we just dropped the puck 25 seconds ago here as we as we go live on this uh, june 7th but uh yeah that's it's 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 been a mystery it's, well, it's been a total mystery well and that's the thing about the playoffs too right they all everybody always says everything's magnified in the playoffs every yeah. mistake every turnover every save every goal and that goes down to suspensions as well right i've seen it being compared, so Mark Shifley got a four-game suspension. Well, I'm seeing that being compared to that's roughly the equivalent of ten regular season games, just because of how much these playoff games mean, right? So you take a four-game suspension in the playoffs, absolutely, yeah, it does hurt your team, right? Well, for sure. Well, especially, especially in Game it, One of the series, well, especially like you're if you're said, Mark but, Yep. especially if you're that skill, yep, right. And that's and that's point blank the issue for for Winnipeg. They're looking around, yep. and not only are they being outplayed, but they're seeing a big hole in their lineup. Yep. And, they're well, just just—they're just not kind of able to rally here. And Shifley was so good in that series against Edmonton, oh, too. Right? So he's yeah. definitely one of the guys that uh, the Winnipeg Jets are missing. And they're in some trouble. I would have said only four teams have come back down 3-0 in a series. Here's my favorite stat right here. Ready? Sure. Play it on me. Uh, the Habs' current six-game winning streak is the longest such run for the club in the playoffs since 1993. The last oh, okay. time they won the Stanley Cup. So... That's interesting. And Montreal hasn't been to the Final Four since 2014. We right. knew a Canadian team was going to yeah. make the Final Four just because of the nobody Canadian just, division yeah. this time. Yeah. But everybody thought that it was either going to be Toronto, Edmonton, or Winnipeg. <laughs> well, nobody yeah, thought it was going to be Montreal. Nobody right? would have thought that yeah. Austin Matthews and Conor McDavid would not be around for Round 2. And that's the boat we find ourselves in right now, which is yeah. just, when you think back to it, it's just absolutely bizarre. Jets, by the way, have given up three shorthanded goals and have not scored once in the power play. Wow. So special teams right there 's your well well, there it is too. you 've got to stay disciplined yeah. you 've got to you know that 's the thing if you 're going to play timid yeah. then you 're going to start reaching with your stick playing with your stick, not trying to win battles with your body and you 're going to be taking penalties right. and that's and that's that 's a problem, but when you are on the power play you can 't give up you can 't give up three goals in a series right there 's just no way that game, of course is on at the uh, big screens here at Winnow clark 's classic grill and bar, so is every other. NHL hockey game and the people at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar love you all so very much that they have five dollar drink specials during the NHL playoffs which as it's in round two is pretty much almost every single night of uh, the week are the NHL playoffs and they're all live right here at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar so make sure you come on down on the corner of Circle and Idlewild Doyle and the rest of the team would be super happy to see you You don't even have to come when there's an NHL game on, but this is the best place in Saskatoon to watch a game. If you're looking for something great to do near Saskatoon, you want to get out of the city and bask in Saskatchewan nature, you can take the family or a friend out to the Petrovka Orchard. They have a great cafe that serves homemade food, a beautiful store full of gourmet apple and other local products, and a large variety of ice cream treats. After you fill your belly, take a walk to the riverfront beach and enjoy the most beautiful walking trails around the Apple Orchard. Only 40 minutes north of Saskatoon, right on Highway 12, at the base of the Petrovka Bridge. They're open daily from 10 to 6. The cafe is closed on Wednesdays. You can check out the website for more information at PetrovkaOrchard.com. So that series, well, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, that series is going great. But there are some other series in the second round of the NHL playoffs that have been fantastic. The New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins are playing in Game 5 tonight as well. That series is tied up at 2. And Vegas has all of a sudden, when it looked like they might be down and out, have reeled off two straight victories at home down in Vegas. So now all of a sudden that series is tied at 2 as well. And now you're starting to see that playoff experience, that Stanley Cup final experience that Vegas had from a couple of years ago step up because the Vegas Golden Knights have... Outscored Colorado eight three in the last two games. Jonathan Marchessault was terrific in Game Four. He had a hat trick in that game, so you can tell now that they are starting to um, they're starting to, to pick things up now, and that's going to be an interesting series because you know Colorado uh, they're 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 good too. I mean, we saw it in the regular season. I mean, yep. a lot of people picked Colorado to get to the Stanley Cup final throughout the regular season, so it's probably fitting that. That's now a best of three series. Uh, I don't think anybody saw the shaky start that Vegas got off to in this series, though. But now they seem to be on track, uh, and that's you know that's what home ice will do for you, And, of yep. course, um, in um, Vegas and in the United States and a lot of the arenas now. It's full crowd, right? So and that, that 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 does that, make a difference. That right. that that Vegas faithful, that yep. that Golden Knights faithful. That's that's uh, that's a that's a motivating factor for that team. That uh, New York-Boston series is quickly becoming a, a pretty good one, too. At least for me, uh, all those games have been quite close. There's been a couple of overtime games yeah. in that series. And the New York Islanders are playing at the Nassau Coliseum yep. for, for their final, final year before they move to that big, brand-new stadium next season. But... That Coliseum is rocking. Now the fans are back in that building as well. So, Well, it's a 4-1 win Saturday. Yeah. And what was interesting about that was Barlamov was terrific yep. in goal. He was absolutely fantastic. So they get that sort of goaltending. Had they fallen down 3-1, yep. it would have been over. I Like I'll say the same thing about uh, Carolina. They're yep. down 3-1 to yep. Tampa. And I don't think there's any getting off the mat for Carolina, even though yep. I really like their coaching staff. Yep. Right? Me too. And, uh, but – Uh, it's tough. But in in this series now that it's tied at two, um, it's, you know, this... this, Anybody's... uh, Yep. And Matthew Barzella stepped up. See, the the 4-1 game was kind of a statement game for the New York Islanders, right? Because as Matt mentioned, every game was close. But Saturday, it was a 4-1 Islander win. So Barzell (laughs) steps up. Barlamov gives you terrific playoff-type goaltending. You know, and we're seeing it from Montreal, from Carey Price. If he can see it, he can stop it. Lobov was kind of like that in Game Four for the Islanders. So, you know, Matt, with that, I think that uh, that's that was a crucial win for New York, and they got it. But what makes it interesting is how convincing it was, because they know they, you know, they they have the stars and yeah. they are capable of dominating. Wendell Clark's classic Earl and says the Canes have those good ND boys. Of course, that's Notre Dame down in Wilcox. Uh, Rod Brandmore. Is yep. an alum of Notre Dame. Yep, so, a hound. Yep. yep, you bet. So that's uh, good for them. Uh, a little bit of a uh, not groundbreaking story, I guess you could call it that, trailblazing story, out of the Ontario Hockey League over the weekend. They held their, what is considered their Bantam Draft, and Taya Curry, a 16-year-old goaltender, became the first female to be chosen in the Ontario Hockey League Draft. The Sarnia Sting selected her in the 14th round, uh, number 200, and 67 overall, but uh, we're seeing it with uh, Emory Dale in Saskatoon with the Hilltops, and now we're seeing it out uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, and uh, junior hockey, that a uh, female uh, has been selected. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes uh, and where that goes. I think uh, she might have another year until she can actually play, if it's similar to the WHL rules where you get drafted and then you have to wait a year. Well, Dylan uh, Seca- is 16. So. Yeah, Dylan Seck is their general manager, yeah. and he said, no, this is not – a fluke. She right. has been playing with with male competitors for like the last seven years, and I kind of like what she said too. Curry said, "I want to be treated as everybody else. Like I'm not yeah. just, uh, you know." Well, we can talk about this for a little while. Yeah, but when mm-hmm. it's time, it's time, and so she really plans to step up. So that's uh, that's that, you know, it is barrier breaking. yeah. but but uh, good enough to to hold her own to a point where you know. Maybe we're not talking about barrier-breaking. We're just talking about how good she is soon. Uh, Moving back locally, the University of Saskatchewan Husky football team is bringing back some former alumni to help coach out. So uh, hopefully they can get on the field. I mean, nearest the schedule. Brett Thompson has been a head coach for the last 10 years in the high school circuit with Aiden Bowman and Evan Hardy. And so he is going to actually, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he's helping out on the defensive side of the ball. So... Mm -hmm. You know, he'll kind of know what offense is planned and scheme yep. and help that secondary kind of get uh, get onto that. And uh, Lyle Evanisky uh, is another former Husky, and he's been added to the coaching staff as well as the running backs and tight end coach for, for the Huskies. So there's some uh, local news. That might have been over a week ago or around a yeah, week ago. We last week. We might have missed that yep. last week. So, uh, But Scott Flory, that's been good enough to come in and join us. Yep. On occasion, uh, there's some Huskies football news there. And then uh, you have here, because uh, you had to do all my prep for me today, (laughs) because I was busy. 68-year-old coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, has a revised contract with a pay raise as head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's interesting about that. All 22 starters for the Buccaneers from that Super Bowl winning team are back. Yep, this year. Yep. And with Tom Brady at the helm. Yep. And their coach. And with yep. Tom Brady at the helm, you just have no idea what way that's going to go. I think Bruce Arians is a pretty good coach. But, you know, when Tom Brady's your quarterback, it's it's not hard to say, but it's, it'll be interesting to know how many buttons Bruce Arians is actually pushing, not to discredit him or anything like that. But, yeah. Well, know, but Tom Wally, you know wins. what? Wally Wano in the CFL was, you know, the BC Lions had some great years. And Wally was a guy that would... Uh, delegate yeah and he didn't they, even wear a headset for some of those years maybe that's bruce's yeah. you know theory we'll with his assistant coach it's just kind of delegate and make sure everybody's doing their job And if you see something flying through the air you don't like you shut it down but other than that just because that's what them. you said you know wally uh quite well right well, yeah through yeah. your time at tsn and what was the always big thing i don't need to wear a headset so yeah if i see somebody doing something wrong i'll go yeah. talk to them but yeah exactly then, yep Communicate to the coordinators, and other than that, you know, let things let things play out as they do. So that's uh, that's an awesome story from Wally Buono, and be interesting. Be interesting to see how long Bruce Arians wants to go too, because I think in the past winning is so much fun. Yeah, he's sixty eight years old, but winning is so much fun. Makes a guy feel young again. Yeah, absolutely. So for sure, I appreciate you joining joining us next week. Next week. Yeah, let's zoom in on that for everybody watching the live stream <laughs> on Facebook and YouTube. But uh, a very special guest, and uh, that was him earlier today nodding yes <laughs> to being on the YXE Sports Podcast. So, Wendell Clark will yeah, join us next week. The man, so. the myth, the legend himself, Wendell Clark, is planning to join us on the YXC Scotty Sports Ballman Podcast. Scotty Bowman once described Wendell Clark as the most dangerous six seconds in hockey. It can either be with a big hit, that wrist shot, because he's got wrists like uh, tree trunks, or a fight, he could single-handedly turn a game yep. quicker than any other player in the National Hockey League, and uh, uh, not a bad business guy either. Yeah, right, right. He's, he's got he's one out in Saskatoon. Okay. He's got a few out in Ontario <laughs> yep. where he uh, resides now. But uh, the thing about Wendell is that he was born and raised in Saskatchewan, and he always loves coming back. Yep. So you got to appreciate that. So we'll talk to Wendell Clark. Uh, himself next week on the yxc sports podcast can't wait for that i have a bunch more home rentals to do Ray. so (laughs) i gotta get back to that but we will all talk to you and see you next monday